Well, once again, it's all still about central banks and bond yields. Yesterday's job numbers in Australia surprised most people, but it's not going to stop the RBA from pushing rates higher. The ECB are out in force to stop any speculation that they're going to go any slower. And it's the same for the Fed, despite weaker data coming out of the United States. And then there's the debt ceiling, which is, of course, a political exercise. But could it have market ramifications? It's Friday, the 20th of January, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, shares continue to fall in the US, or a 1% drop in the NASDAQ, a 0.8% fall for the Dow and the S&P 500. That's at close. It's the same in Europe, where the Eurostox 50 is down 1.9%, a little over 1% for the FTSE 100 at close, and 1.7% down for the DAX. Uh, a big leap in Netflix's share price, by the way, after trade uh, with their post-market results out, basically better than expected for subscriber gains, but struggling with earnings per share, well below expectations. Bond yields are rising today up three basis points for 10-year treasuries, but still only at 3.39%. German bunds also up four basis points, same in France, but 10-year gilt yields down four basis points. And let's not forget yesterday, Aussie 10 years down 23 basis points, down to 3.32%, back to where they were in August. On futures overnight, they have climbed back up about uh, 11 basis points, but still well down on where they were this time yesterday. And the Aussie dollar has fallen as well, 0.5% against the US dollar that is itself falling this morning. The Aussie now just over, uh, just above 69 US cents. The euro, meanwhile, up 0.3%, same for the pound and the Japanese yen. And oil bouncing back up today, although it's lost some of its earlier gains, but Brent is up 1.5%, over 86 a barrel now. WTI also up 1.25% and just over $80. So Ken Compton joins me today from uh, NAB in Sydney. Let's start on the home turf, Ken, uh, and uh, that, that staggering fall in bond yields after that those employment numbers yesterday. So, I mean, they were surprised, almost 15,000 less people in work in December. The expectation was that it would be an extra 22,000 jobs, so that's quite a misfire. But, I mean, uh, it's not going to change what the RBA does. Why such a, a, a strong response on, on the bond markets? Yeah, good morning, Phil. Certainly that's employment print yesterday did give the market um, you know, a, a little bit of excitement, uh, much more so than I, that I would have think was justified. You know, the unemployment mm. rate held steady at 3.5. Now, merely that, you know, that was a revised up 3.5, uh, a little bit higher than um, the than was previously announced for for November, but still, you know. Staggeringly I mean, low still, you know. Yeah, uh, it, it, Exactly. You know, you've sort of took an agnostic view and looking at the Australian unemployment rate at 3.5%. That's hardly, a, you know, a, a terrifying number. But I mean, of course, these things are all about the the change. And it, But even in that sense, if you take a longer look through the data, um, you know, we did have that big, um, you know, sort of 60K increase in employment back in November. You know, And you're still yeah. looking at um, you're sort of a, a three-month average employment growth of around 28K. And given that realistically, you, you kind of, your baseline assumption for Australian employment growth is, yeah, sort of 25k a month, you know, through sort of most of the the current period. Really, the November print didn't change much, but certainly bond markets, um, you know, NFX markets as well, really did not take it that way. And ultimately, we ended up with very large moves in bond yields on the back of that. Um, mm. Yeah, we've we saw the um, as you mentioned in in, in the open, you know, a, a net move of over 20 basis points in in yields yesterday by the by the end of the day, but most of which came through that employment print. And I think it does sort of point to just the way at which you know 
bond bond market participants are sort of clutching at uh, you know, at, at any chance to, uh, to to buy bonds at the moment. And I think that reflects yeah. you know pos- positioning um, as well as you know sort of a broader change in sentiment. And maybe it was just the the, the, the Aussie employment release was kind of the excuse for a big move rather than necessarily something in, in, inherently intrinsic to that data. I think so. The, the fall has been in part time jobs, hasn't it? And, and also we've seen the participation rate falling slightly. But I mean, you know, there, there's actually been a rise in full time jobs. So, uh, so so you just look at that and you think could it be you know part-time workers not wanting to work perhaps because they don't have to i mean could that be part of it it actually could then be a sign of a tighter labor market well yeah because i mean you know the, the underemployment rate is something that's attracted quite a lot of attention sort of through the pandemic period and, and up yeah. to now you know that's still sort of sitting around six percent which is you know a very low level relative to, to pre-pandemic so you know the rba has talked about one of the reasons why they're trying to walk this you know tight uh, this narrow this narrow path of um, you know of not wanting to put rates up too quickly as being wanting to hold on to, to gains in the labour market and I guess you know if we've ended up at a point mm. where you know underemployment is low people who want to work yeah you know, people are able to work pretty much the number of hours they they want to work or need to work um, you know that that's hardly a, you know a, a poor outcome so I guess some sort of volatility around the edges there in terms of those um, those sort of part time measures I, yeah, I guess are to be expected also of course it is Christmas so there is lots of lots of adjustment going on there. And um, also, we did see some lingering effects of the uh, of the, of the pandemic are, are still there. You know, I think um, in our our economics team noted that yeah, sort of hours um, or, or absence yeah. was sort of up about fifty percent relative to the usual baseline for December. Which a lot given of we- people were getting sick in December, weren't they? That's for sure. Absolutely, it was still uh, swishing around the community, wasn't it? But yes. look, the the the, the RBA are not going to change their tune on the basis of these numbers. I mean, if we look at the minutes from the December meeting, uh, you know, the idea of a pause, they threw that out, didn't they? Saying that the the uncertainty uh, that would be created from that uh, just wouldn't be worth doing it. They're not going to do in other words absolutely i mean we, we do think they there will be a pause coming probably after the march meeting but in the meantime we expect you know, a two 25 point moves before yeah. then uh, but i mean where market pricing has landed after yesterday's data is is, is telling a different story with there's now just a little bit over 25 basis points priced for both those meetings so that's looking pretty low to us, I mean, as you've said, you know, the RBA said that pausing too soon creates creates uncertainty, and also we know that the key piece of data that's probably going to come out, um, you know, next month between the meetings is going to be the the wage price index. So, yeah. given you know, the RBA sort of intense focus on on, you know, on on sustainable wage levels versus versus inflation, they're, they're probably, I, I think they're going to want to wait for that before a pause. So, to me. Uh, and to NAB as well, you know, Feb is Feb is certainly locked in, and uh, and we think that wages data is going to support a March move as well. Just the market's now well behind that, and the ECB uh, pushing very firmly, aren't they, to to try and stop any uh, any expectation that they're going to go slower. So if we look at the minutes that were out uh, overnight, uh, I mean, there were some members that were actually looking for seventy five basis point rise last time. They went with fifty in the end, uh, fifty next again in March seems likely, uh, but a bit of a market response to Christine Lagarde. Uh, she did talk about monetary policy at Davos and she was just saying exactly that they are going to stay the course into a time when they have moved into restrictive territory for long enough to bring inflation down uh, so you know that's we're seeing shares down and we've seen a response in, in bond markets even though she is just saying hey look we're going to do what we said 
Yeah, Christine Lagarde and um, and uh, Klaus Knott as well, sort of adding a fair bit to the hawkish commentary from the ECB overnight, and that has mm. that has been sort of the major factor that's helped to arrest, I guess, yeah, the the global bond rally that really extended through the Aussie session yesterday. You know, guilty yields up about about four basis points. I mean, probably pointing to the power of the the commentary from the ECB, though. Um, you know, front ends tend to have led, so curves are tending to be a, a little bit flatter. So markets are sort of picking up the message there that there is a yeah, that there is a Still, a, a strong willingness from you know, from the ECB, I guess, who are the main commentators overnight, but also you know the, the Fed as well. That um, the policy will remain restrictive for some time. Um, yeah, I mean, market pricing in Europe has sort of settled around you know a fifty basis point increment as being most likely for the ECB's next move in the U- in the US. Who are obviously further ahead. It's just sort of dulled back to, to twenty five point steps, but. Um, yeah, central banks, central bankers are pretty, pretty keen to, to keep that messaging up. And that, that's starting to put a little bit of downward pressure, uh, sorry, upward pressure on, on bond yields. But, um, you know, positioning is still going to work against that for a while. Yeah. And Andrew Bailey, another one doing exactly the same. He was also at Davos from the Bank of England saying he thought inflation will, will actually fall quite rapidly this year, he said, because of energy prices, basically assuming, of course, the oil stays lower. Uh, but he was, uh, he was concerned about pressure in the labor market. He said market expectations were now closer to the Bank of England's thinking, although I, I thought market expectations were sort of like around uh, 4.5% and they're forecasting 3.5%. So does that mean that they're expecting they're actually going to go a bit higher? Uh, well, I guess there's always room for, for difference in views uh, amongst members of various monetary policy committees, I suppose. But yeah, um, last we still do have the market pricing the ECB, uh, sorry, the BOE to get to get a touch above four, which is a little bit more than the BOE is talking about. But I guess that gap is is narrower than it has been, and I guess the the important point being yeah. that there still is sort of from monetary policy signalling intentions at least things are still heading in the right direction. I guess the interesting thing though is that like the Fed in particular, you are starting to see you know, sort of increased pricing of rate cuts in the back end of the cycle there, which is where things become more more interesting for the for the signalling, you know, beyond the beyond the mid part of the year. Yeah. Um if inflation doesn't ease as fast as I guess people like Governor Bailey are, are expecting, then um well. then, then the the increasing risk is that, that those cuts don't start to happen, and that starts to challenge the valuations of longer-run bond yields. Very slowly so far, isn't it, in the UK? Look, more weakness out of the US, uh, well, except for jobs. And they've also got the – so we we had some weak data, but we've also got the added distraction of the debt ceiling. So they've reached $31.4 trillion. And so they need to find workarounds now if they're going to pay Social Security and Medicare and the salaries of government workers. So they're they're moving to extraordinary measures, as they call it. So, I mean, it's the usual story. I mean, it will be raised, won't it? But only after the Republicans have used it as a bit of a bargaining chip. Uh, And they've got till June, basically, before the government defaults on their debt obligations. I mean, the markets have seen this so many times. Do they really pay too much attention to this? I mean, the short answer is no, they they don't anymore. Um, This round of negotiations probably has a little bit of difference in that we have the the newly the, the newly invested uh, Republican majority there in the House so that will change the dynamics around the negotiations a little but ultimately you know think things will get done so it's not going to make too much difference to to term Treasury yields typically the market reaction is limited to people being wary of buying um, you know short dated Treasury instruments that mature on you know specific dates where there's votes scheduled or, or that sort of thing so as you've said there are these um, extraordinary measures which involve sort of usually making adjustments to contributions to pension plans and and those sort of things they can string out for for months now. So yeah. this will this will continue to bubble away, but I don't think it's going to make much too much difference to the 
to the trend in, um, you know, in, in treasury yields. And data-wise, I mean, they weren't, uh, you know, terribly important pieces of data, but they were mixed, weren't they? So building permits for December down 1.6% month on month, but you sort of expect that when interest rates go up, the building permits are going to go down. Uh, the Philly Fed Manufacturing Index, minus 8.9. That's an improvement on minus 13.7, which was the revised figure for December. That is somewhat better than what we saw out of the New York Fed's Empire State numbers. So although it's not great, it's not as bad as the, uh, the New York Fed numbers, and I think there's a bit more reliability associated with the Philly Fed numbers, isn't there? So all of that is sort of like not great, but it's not terribly bad. And then jobless claims down 90,000 jobless claims last week compared to 205,000 the week before. It was expected to rise. So it's showing tightness in the labor market and the employment part of the Philly Fed manufacturing index up to 10.9 from minus 0.9, which was the revised number for, for December. So strong jobs. I mean, it's curious, isn't it? Because we're hearing about lots of hiring freezes and downsizing. I mean, could it just be that there's a bit of a lag in this in this data and actually these numbers are going to start turning? Because at the moment, the job market is still holding up in the US. Yeah, I, I think there probably is. There is going to be a lag there. I mean, there typically is, particularly in, in claims. I mean, if you sort of think about the, you know, the, the way that cycle works through, you know, you the initial phase is, of course, to simply stop hiring new people and then eventually that will work through to, to layoffs and to claims. So there, there is a bit of a lag there. Um, you know, so I think most people are going to sort of look through this sort of recent drop in the in the jobless claims, and also seasonal adjustment issues are particularly sort of finicky around this time of year between holidays and and, and weather in the US. So that's probably another reason to uh, you know to not extend this into a trend. Yeah, you know, quite, quite, quite at this yeah. point. I mean, on the um, on the housing data, there was sort of one interesting point there. I have read in one of the analysis I've noted that um, you know with. They're sort of looking for maybe signs of a little bit of of a bottoming in the market there, in the sense that um, you know mortgage applications, which data wasn't out overnight, but has been out earlier. Um, you know, with uh, mortgage rates starting to come off significantly in the US over the past few months, you know, remember ten year bond yields are at three month lows now, um, and US mortgage rates are more closely linked to that than they are in Australia. So mortgage rates are, are down. So mortgage applications are starting to, to tick up again. So maybe there could be some sort very early signs of a bit of a slowing in the in the decline in the US housing market there. Mm. But um mm. probably wasn't a major factor to price movement overnight, that's for sure. And uh, look, absolutely no market reaction to Jacinda Arda and uh, stepping down as Prime Minister in New Zealand. Uh you know, fancy that, you know, global markets, not too fussed about New Zealand domestic policy politics. Fancy that. Uh, we've got uh, some significant numbers today, though. We've got uh, manufacturing PMIs for New Zealand. We get Japan's CPI, which could add pressure, of course, to the Bank of Japan to switch tack at some point when they decide who's going to take the top job at the bank. Uh, UK retail sales and consumer confidence and a lot of Fed speakers over the next 24 hours as well. Lael Brainard, uh, Williams, Harker, Waller. Uh, we are festooned with the uh, the presence of Fed speakers adding their insights, or or maybe just reading from the same script, which is probably more likely. Yeah, there is um quite quite a bit of commentary out from the from the Fed and stuff. I mean, on the the Japan CPI, you know, I mean, the consensus there is for the headline to touch four uh, percent, even for the the ex food energy core measure to 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 breach three. Um, yeah, obviously that's. Mm. Yeah, at, 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 in terms of the print, that's sitting well above the numbers that the BOJ has been talking about. But of course, their question has always been about sustainability of those numbers. So that's going to be, you know, where they're going to focus there. So they're sort of their 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 conversation analysis over, over subsequent meetings. Um, I mean, look, my expectation for the for the bodies at some point there will be a, you know, a sudden a sudden movement i mean we've seen a surprising release of market pressure 
on the bodge since their meeting on Wednesday. So, you know, JGB yields have been very volatile, but have at least sort of backed away fairly sharply from that 0.5 level. But still, that that, that number is going to be uh, going to be closely watched. Yeah. Um, that, that that's for sure. There's not much evidence anywhere in the world, is there, of the uh, of inflation coming down again quickly? If that's what they're if if that's what they're hoping for. Uh, but anyway, as you say, uh, you know, change of direction perhaps sometime soon. Good to talk, Ken. Uh, we will catch you again very soon. Yes, thank you, Phil. And there we are. That is the morning call for this Friday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Have yourself a fantastic weekend, and I'll see you again on Monday morning. See you then.